As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Friends to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Chris Welsh. That is Jake Seeley, and we got some waivers for you. Week 13 waivers back in the house. We're getting y'all prepped back on a normal schedule. Unfortunately, the three best friends that anyone ever had are not together today. It is just the two of us, Jake. Uh, it was good to have our little reunion, though, in the last episode, if people were able to catch it with uh, all three um, back on the stage, you and Funston poking back at each other. It's It really is a great time, and I do miss it. But <laughs> I am. You do miss it. I but, well, I, mean, but I do enjoy our quality time together. I was gonna say we might have it back because we're about what two shows away from waivers not being relevant anymore. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that, you just condensed down to one show. Yeah. What do you do when the fantasy playoffs come in? Do you do you still kind of hit the waivers in general, or do you, does it kind of fade away? Because it does. The the concept of like big league wide waivers do fade away. It becomes more about like playoff pickups well yeah but you still have to have those and there might be an injury or something that does pop up but yeah waivers i can i keep going all the way up until week 18 and week 18 actually matters probably more than 16 and 17 because it's all those players that you didn't know were going to get rested and you never know until that point so that's actually more interesting than two weeks before that so but we i mean we, we could do like Week 16, 17 combined shows like, hey, if you have waivers, this yeah. is like the two or three names that because that's what it comes down to. Like, is any good? Is anybody going to really make a difference at that point? Yeah. Well, also to what you're saying, too, it's it's kind of like, are you one of those psychos that plays through week 18? Because I'm I'm a no. firm not played till the end. But there are a lot there's of people. No week, week se- No, there's no week 17 before this. There's no week 18 now because there's no way of predicting who's going to get rested. There's so At many all. people out there, though. They love that. They want to play the last week, and the last week is chaos. It's cha- to your point. DFS. Like, I agree. Don't tell me. I agree. Go play. Do DFS. a one and done draft. That's fun. Yeah. You can draft again. I always tell people like people love draft and go draft again. Do a one week yeah, draft. Yeah, dude. Like a maybe break your season into two pieces if you want to and pay it out. I don't know. You can you can play around with it. But we are talking about waivers today. Jake's article is over on the Athletic. And I hope you took advantage of the Black Friday sales that they had going on over at The Athletic. Not saying there's still anything active, but, you know, you don't have a subscription. Maybe go over and just see what everything looks like. If not, make you want to make sure you do have a subscription one way or the other. 
because uh, that's how you're going to get access to Jake's ranks and his waiver wire uh, column outside of like a gajillion other awesome stuff. So make sure you go and check it out today over at the athletic.com. It was, um, it was a very underwhelming week 12. I don't know it, it, what a perfect, um, it was like a symphony of, of uh, perfection with that Vikings and bears game at the end. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen. And I thought it was very telling to the weekend because there were, I felt like there were a lot of unders and, outside of like Kyron Williams, like there were just so many underperformances. And then that game was like teasing you with Jordan Addison, huge breakouts, a gajillion picks. It was just bad, bad football. And I feel like there's a bad taste in our mouth coming into this week. And also you're going to have to tell me otherwise as we go through this, but I feel like I was telling Bogman this, we have a week where a running backs stink compared to what's available in wide receivers. But I feel like there are more solidified running back situations than there have been at any point this season. Like there might be a couple that are a little bit washy, like the Panthers fired Frank Reich and uh, maybe Miles Sanders is going to be more up there. But I just don't feel like there's enough speculation in the running back market. No, the running back, the waivers are basically uh, pick clean. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a way to put it, but it's yeah. the same names from last week, which I don't think we have to like spend too much time. We can kind of almost even just instead of doing our normal top five, just kind of talk about them because it's a lot of the same names, a lot of timeshares and backups. The only stuff that really helps this week is that wide receiver. And part of it, because like you said, during the buys is Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs are on a buy. And then you have messy backfield, messy backfield, messy backfield, messy backfield. So it's not even like, there's like a lot here that's even going to affect the rankings too much. Probably when you talk to Funston, because you're only missing two big names. And then, a, like I said, a bunch of bleh, from like 25 yeah. to 40. And that, that's the other thing I didn't mention too. It's by apocalypse 2.0 uh, with six teams. So we went from like, oh, what was it? Like, yeah. Like two teams and then nothing on Thanksgiving weekend. And then six. And don't forget about two next week as well. It's crazy. Can you, I can't even believe in week 14, we're going to still have bye weeks going on. That's insane. So two things about that is like, why, how many times do we have to say, like, why can't you just do eight weeks of four teams? Like, it's very simple. Yeah. Just do that. And then I saw the commercial over the weekend where it was like AWS and all their algorithms and database systems and blah, blah, blah. The schedule used to take months for them to make. And now it takes minutes as the set web services. So who, who how have people not know what AWS was? Because I tweeted it out. I said, Oh, so we shouldn't blame Goodell. We should blame AWS for not being able to make a damn schedule with eight weeks of four teams on a buy. People are like, what's AWS? Like, really? Like, I, I didn't. That's, that was pretty common knowledge at this point, what AWS yeah, was. Well, I mean, like you think, but people are just not in tune to all of it. I mean, I completely agree with well, you. Don't forget your best friend did a little bit of a small voiceover for one of their commercials about five or six years ago. What? Mike Ooh. Wright. Mike Wright oh. caught the touchdown. In the- did, oh, did he yeah. really? Yeah, you didn't you remember that? He, oh. he voiced over one of the touchdowns on sure. one of their little highlights. This is pre. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was sure. like, that's what I was setting you up for. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. Well, I did. I well, I mean, I had like my actual best friend is Scott Bogman, so I was like, what? I was like, Bogman voiced a Amazon commercial. That's crazy. That's totally crazy. Well, I mean, good for him. That's awesome. That's. Uh, I mean, maybe he can speak to somebody then. Maybe he's a more relevant <laughs> voice to speak to someone. Yeah, get get that fixed, please. Um, you know, I was I was almost gonna gloss over it, but. The firing of Frank Reich has me kind of jumped up a little bit on the Miles Sanders train. I am curious at your take on it. 
Uh, we're going to see your ranks coming up here on Wednesday, but I am, and maybe it's like fleety brain. I'm out like, oh, Polly, like things could be better. But there's a part of me that feels like with the the really overhaul fire, and they also fired uh, running back and assistant coach Deuce Staley. All those guys gone. There was so much hype up of Miles Sanders. Do you think, you know, whatever the new interns are going to be, they'll unleash and get us back to Miles Sanders and he could be back to relevance? Like he's way too owned, which actually surprised me here. But I do think there are leagues he might be sitting out there. I guess really it's just like, are you going to like take the risk of trust to Miles Sanders? Uh, did they fix their offensive line? Hmm. They, they not. No. Okay, there you go. <laughs> End of statement. Well, <laughs> like no, it, but but that's not my question. My question is the usage. They gave him I know. five touches. I don't care about that. That's what my point is. I don't care about the use. Like, this is, unless they went back to Miles Sanders 80% of the time. Yeah. I, like, no appeal in this backfield. And honestly, this is Adam Thielen's probably the last chance. I know he just had a pretty good week two weeks ago now. I guess if you kind of say week 11 is two weeks ago, but... People are like, oh, what do I do with Adam Thielen? I was like, two weeks ago, it wasn't bad. The last four games haven't been what we were excited for earlier this year. But if they don't like click this week, I'm, like, I'm not saying go out there and look amazing. But if you got this matchup here at Tampa Bay, here's the problem. Was why I kind of even joked about the offensive line. They're not going to run. They're not going to. Nobody runs against Tampa Bay. No. Like outside, of like maybe Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but it just doesn't happen. And so I don't think Miles Sanders and Chuba Hubbard are any kind of interest, even if like if you told me today, if you said, hey, Jake, I know this. I actually talked to that team and they're telling me Miles Sanders is going to get the ball 80 percent of the time and Chuba Hubbard's done. I still be like, nah, he's facing the Bucks. Still don't care. Like that's, that's my point about that. But the Buccaneers pass defense is beyond the worst It is the worst of the worst of the worst. And if Bryce Young, Adam Thielen and maybe even Mingo can't get a little bit going against them, then. And the coaching change really isn't going to change anything. They they basically got rid of 90% of the staff. Yeah, I guess that's kind of the thing. Maybe it was part of like the, the there's very little interest in running backs in the waiver market. There is in wide receivers. And maybe we would have, you know, newfound glory coming out of a coach being fired and usage changing. But, you know, we that also sets us up. I thought like, oh, my gosh, you know, Matt Canada has gone then. The Steelers are going to completely retransform and they didn't. They just like did more Najee Harris. You know, they just committed to us and they told us, oh, well, no, this is going to be Najee and Jalen. It's not going to be more Jalen at all. That didn't happen. Um, one other thing I do want to ask you about before we get into this is Keaton Mitchell. We saw a whole bunch of Keaton Mitchell um, uh, this past week. I think he I think he led in snaps, which was really good. And there, there are just some notes out there, Todd Monken talking about how much more comfortable they're getting with Keaton Mitchell. How comfortable are you going to be with him this coming week? This is another one of those guys that was like the pseudo wavery guy that floated around that probably no one felt super comfortable starting. But, you know, and, and I, I guess they're on bye week, so it doesn't matter this week. But like coming off of a bye week, how comfortable are you going to be with Keaton Mitchell? Not at all. It's a full blown committee. No, Justice Hill was getting goal line attempts. And that was what the frustrating part was, is like, why are we not doing Gus Edwards? I was, you know, banking on another touchdown for Gus Edwards. And that didn't happen because they went Justice Hill two times in a row. And then the third time mixed in there and like, man, Gus Edwards probably could have scored on at least two of those. And Keith Mitchell was the lead. But that's why you really going to trust not saying you, but really going to trust that that's ever going to continue going forward when you have three options on a team that continues to use all three is the lead. But what does that mean? Like, okay, you could finish top 10, just as likely could finish RB for you. Like, I'm excited, 
that he's going to get the opportunities, but any given week, it's just, and he's not, the biggest thing is he's not going to be the goal line option. It's Gus Edwards and Justice, Justice Hill gets as much as Gus Edwards sometimes. Keith Mitchell's not going to be the one. He's now third in that opportunity uh, standpoint. Which is super frustrating. Like the three headed back is what kills me. Seeing Justice Hill out there kills me. It's just like give give us Gus Edwards and <clears throat> Keaton Mitchell every single week, I don't please. Understand. Yeah, I don't I don't get that at all. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with twenty four seven US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, so let's uh, we will talk about the waivers and we can do exactly what you said. Um, I do want to leave the bottom two guys. Let's talk about the top three because these guys have been here for a long time on this waiver list in different uh, degrees of how long. We only talk about a portion of what Jake puts on his article. That's why you want to go and check out the full article because it is robust and there are lots of options because people could play that game like, oh, well, this guy is not available. Well, guess what? Jake gives you tons of options. There will be guys that are available. The top three, these dudes have been here all season long. Zach Charbonnet is at the very tippy top. Tyler Algier at two and Antonio Gibson at three. I tend to think Gibson's a little bit different than those top two, but um, they are what they are. Uh, you know, Zach Charbonnet got the the brunt of it without Ken Walker, but it was against the Niners. But, you know, what is your expectation when Ken Walker is back and what it looks like for Charbonnet? Because it might look eerily like Tyler Algier. Uh, it could be also that and the fact that it's a timeshare even worse than that. 50-50, 55-45, it could be the Steelers. That's the concern here. I guess that's the upside of Charbonnet is that he's getting that kind of work where he wasn't usable, but that's also the downside potentially for Kenneth Walker. And also, hey, you don't want 55-45 against the Dallas Cowboys. That's going to be frustrating, but you would take the one likely to see a little bit more passing game use in Charbonnet, although he's been inconsistent in that as well. So if Kenneth Walker's back, I mean, I already started on the week rankings and the game previews, and I'll even give you the first line out of that. If Kenneth Walker's back, he's a risky RB2, Charbonnet, and RB3. Uh, James Conner, just so you know, is the only running back to top 69 rushing yards or 85 total yards against the Cowboys this season. The only Mm. one. How's that for a number? That is a number, and that's a not good number again for these uh, Seattle running backs. I mean, that's that's the the lack of excitement that I get. Because I, I told I, you to look at their schedule and gave you the list of names. How long would it have taken you to get to James Conner was the one that did it? Oh, <laughs> I'm not James Conner because I'm so anti like Cardinals and outside of Trey McBride. Like there's very little that interests me. So like having to get there. And, and also, if you would have just had me guess, I would have literally never gotten there. We would have done the entire show of me guessing. I've been like. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I know that blah, 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 blah. That would okay. be my guest train all the way until James Conner. Um, 
but there's a lot of excitement around Charbonnet though. People are like, Hey, it's time. It's this is a league winner. And it's like, I don't think it's a league winner because it is pure timeshare. And, and you're just battling. Like how much do you trust these offenses against certain matchups to get a, a certain amount of carries? And I know that sounded weird how I said that, but it's like Jalen Warren. Well, the Steelers offense kind of stinks. And if they're against a really tough match uh, lineup, he's kind of a risky play even at this point because Najee Harris is so ingrained. So actually I think that Jalen Warren, Najee Harris comp makes a little bit more sense and it's just brutal matchups after brutal matchups, but he is still the tippy top because we know what it could be. Algier, same thing. What gets you going with Antonio Gibson though? I, I, I lack excitement with him in general. Mm, what do you mean? What gets me like what's wrong with him? He's what he is. He's an RB three half and full point PBR and in a game, if Sam Howell's throwing 50 times, which he should against the Dolphins, he's playable. He's probably more play. If you told me Kenneth Walker's back, I'd play him over Charbonnet. I'd play yeah. Antonio Gibson over Charbonnet. For the, for the catching upside, right? Yeah. Just for this. It has to do with, like, Gibson has been really reliable when he's been healthy uh, ever since about, I think it was week five, somewhere around there, where he finally got on track and he was like seven, eight, nine, ten points every single week, every single week, and especially in games where Howell's throwing a ton. So, like I said, that's what it just comes down to is facing the Dolphins. I expect the Dolphins to be, oh, here, you want another nugget from the ranks column? Look at this. You're getting ranks column nuggets before they even like, how about this? The Dolphins have the eighth highest point differential in the first half. So plus 30 in the first half. Commanders, fifth lowest, minus 62. Mm. What does that point to? They're going to be playing from behind. Very simple. (laughs) I like that stat. The commanders will be playing from behind. Yes, I think we got there. I, I agree with that. <laughs> yes. uh, before before we go to these next guys, I do want to mention there's, uh, it's not breaking news, but this news just came out. It came out like three minutes ago, but I didn't want to stop the train of conversation. Um, Ian Rappaport reports that Jonathan Taylor suffered a thumb injury and is requiring further evaluation and is now saying, he, as he quotes, puts his status in doubt going forward, sources say. More info coming with all options considered. So I think it's it's pretty transparent what it would be for us is if Jonathan Taylor's gone, it's the Zach Moss show again. And Zach Moss is everything. And uh, I, I just I get, get your take on it. I mean, there's, there's no like crazy evaluation we have to do because like I said, there's two points of straightforward. If Jonathan Taylor's healthy, guess what? We're back to a top 10 back. Zach Moss is kind of an afterthought, but if Taylor misses time, how high would you move Zach Moss up in the waiver column? No, no, not in the waiver. This is kind of more of a ranky thing because it's just happening right now. Like, where oh, do you okay. think? Because it's going to say waiver column and Zach Moss number one, and then number two, and then number three. Well, what is his ownership right now? I think there's a decent chance he's been cut. He, in the I actually live just checked because live while we're doing this with this breaking news, I'm updating him from eighth on the waiver wire because he was the first man up. That is the next man up section where it's like, Hey, this is the person that steps up. If somebody goes down, he was in front of Daddle and Zeke and Gainwell and everything like that. Uh, he's not going to put at number one. So I'm yeah, updating right now because he's 49%. Oh, so he qualified. Okay. So he qualifies. Yeah. So that's breaking news. Zach Moss officially the number one. And we actually, this kind of changes the market. Even if his thumb is going to be like, okay ish. You have very little time. You have to speculate. Zach Moss, without question, is now the number one uh, waiver. And, I mean, do you think top 12 RB on the week? Mm, if This week, yes. With everybody available, probably not. 
So, but at least he's going to be like a mid RB two. Let, let's just hypothetically worst case scenario. No one wants to see it, but Jonathan Taylor misses the rest of the year with this thumb. Zach Moss is Top at 15 guaranteed. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So like at least like high end mid uh, RB two with maybe certain situations of jumping up to an RB one. Cause we see some of the explosiveness that's still out there. It's just been nothing but Jonathan Taylor. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Like I said, as we are recording this, this is like, you know, 10 minutes yeah. fresh. He might, he might hear me typing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can hear you going. And, um, you know, as you guys are listening to this, this is probably along the lines of like, uh, you know, an hour or two. So uh, keep an eye on that one. But regardless, you don't have a choice but to go and put the claim on Zach Moss, whatever the outcome is going to be, if he is sitting out there, because that's the league winning type of stuff. When you get a back yes. that can be a top 15 back in week 13, that's where <laughs> leagues are won. I'm thinking of the places where I have Zach Moss because nobody would trade for him. <laughs> like, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> cool. Like, I never yeah, dropped them because of this. Well, because this is what I'm saying. You were talking about, you alluded at the beginning of the show. You're saying, what do we talk about for waivers in weeks 15, 16, 17? Waivers should be like, we're getting to the point where you start planning defenses, a second defense, because there's very few that have a matchup for the rest of the season where you're like, I'm playing that defense. But then you start thinking about having a backup quarterback just in case your guy gets hurt and you don't want to start Jake Browning in your championship game. And then backup tight end, maybe. But this is also where now we get to the point where, you know, if Jerry Judy has been sitting on your bench, what, like, even if Cortland Sutton gets hurt, really is it going to go up that much because of what Judy is and that offense is? Like, so my point being is now you start dropping wide receiver sixes for your immediate backups. Like if Algier is sitting out there and you have Bijan, get him. Like normally I'm not a handcuff guy, but this is the time of year where you start handcuffing because this is what happens. It's like you lose Jonathan Taylor, you go get Zach Moss and have other people's handcuffs too. Like Elijah Mitchell sitting out there, Elijah Mitchell at this point of the season there is no way on earth I'm letting him sit on waivers anymore. That's a great, great point. And by the way, I was going to say that that's that old classic. You get to do the like how the turntables. <laughs> that's what you got to do on everybody. But I completely agree. And it's it's probably such an alarming uh, turn face where everybody the entire season is like, we got to this potential gets the Charbonnets. It's a Keaton Mitchell's. Now you can start playing this boring world of like, well, probably got to pick up Josh Kelly and got to pick up Eli Mitchell. And, you know, you got to have these guys that are cuffed to big RB situations. Uh, they shouldn't be left out on the wire for this exact reason. And, um, you know, we might look back on this. This might literally be one of those league winning situations that change. If like think about waivers next week, if Christian McCaffrey got hurt <laughs> and, and, you know, people are fighting for their $11 left in fab or something like that. Yeah. You know, to, to, to get Christian McCaffrey, I completely agree. It would be, and don't, by the way, don't put that evil out in the world. Don't put that Christian McCaffrey evil out. In the <laughs> I know world. I said it. I said it twice. You hate me now. <laughs> I know. Don't like it. Don't say it a third time. It's like Beetlejuice. Don't do it, please. Um, so well, I was again, bloody Mary. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's where our brains go. You go that I would have thought you would have thought Beetlejuice and I would have been. No, I go dark darker. One. Yeah, you do go darker. I'm like Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. I was right. huge on Supernatural, the TV show. And I still remember that. Episode, I was too, but I dipped after and I don't dip shows. That's a, that's a thing about me. And that's what's frustrating is like when I commit to a show, I'm like, I'm going to do this. But Supernatural is like a gajillion years. There's like 11 or 14 seasons or something. I got through like six. And I was like, I can't do this WB monster of the week type of thing. I wanted to because I like to follow the storylines. I enjoyed it for a period of time, 
But then I that was actually the very first show I ever dipped out on. I was like, nope, I'm done because it was when too much. When did you dip? I think it was like season five or six. Oh, the Leviathans? Is that when you I, dipped? I don't remember anything. No, oh. there are some down anything. seasons in there and it yeah. came back around. Yeah. And should, I, for somebody that was invested in Supernatural, I think I'll go back. I'll text you like for everybody out there. Go watch it. It's a great show. It's a hell of an investment, though, because it's 13 seasons. Yeah. Actually, OK, yeah, 13 seasons. That's crazy. <laughs> like, like at that time, it was like eight <laughs> deep. And I think I gave out in like five or six. So I'll text you the seasons that you need to watch or maybe even just like some episodes. They do a Scooby Natural episode, which is amazing. Uh, they do some like holiday themes ones mixed in there. But then you have to go back. and You've you got invested. You got to watch at least the last season. It's yeah, not the well, best, but it closes things out. And I'm just saying. But, but see, I just don't even remember. Like, I, like I committed to Smallville. Like, I watch all of like WB shows wow. are tough to watch. You're, you're gonna tell you're gonna tell me you invested with that nightmare of remember what they did, did with um what the what the what's the thing uh the bizarre Superman the one that you can't kill oh, because bizar- every time uh, uh, bizarre uh, berserk or bizarro no what the hell that's not his name the one that every time you kill me just gets stronger because you can't actually kill him because every time you, so you fight him. Oh my gosh, what the hell is the name? This is I think play. I know what you're talking about. Everybody's screaming at us on the podcast right now. Yeah, all really? the yeah, all the people that watch Smallville. Ta- uh, Ville, ta- uh not Dark Side, Doomsday. Oh, so Doomsday. Do- yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. miserable representation of Doomsday towards the end with the spikes growing out of them all over the place. Yeah, God, that was, that was terrible. Well, also like they do the fake versions of characters. Like they wouldn't actually give you the Flash. They gave you this like other guy that was like a version of the Flash. Like they did bad stuff. And I didn't realize how much I hated the not having the suit thing until they did do it at the very end. And I was like, oh yeah, this did bother me. But shout out to Tom Welling. Tom Welling was a he was a dude and uh, almost no chance I go back to Supernatural. So. He was a dude. <laughs> he was a dude. He was a great Superman. He was an awesome Superman. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, uh, back to the waivers. Jonathan uh, Zach Moss, number one waiver claim, clear and cut. The other two guys you had on here, you had Michael Carter and Dearness Johnson, and I think they're interesting because it's kind of a cuffy situation, but also they were getting both getting run. James Connors touches going down, and Dearness Johnson has really made some plays over the last two weeks, but it's at the expense of Etienne getting kind of knocked out. So, uh, any notes you want to add on both Michael Carter and Dearness Johnson? Uh, just Michael Carter, pass catching upside. He's Antonio Gibson for them. That's really what it is. Just that really what was his true first game with them already out there, 40% almost. So Antonio Gibson, I think they really re- really realize that James Conner likely not going to stay 100% if they keep giving him 90% of the touches every single week. So that's where that comes into play. And then Dearness Johnson, yeah, this happened a few weeks ago where he moved in front of Tank Bigsby. And then if anything happens to ETN has been banged up, what, for the past three weeks? Yeah. He keeps leaving the game, too, which is the weird one, because we talked about it on the show yesterday uh, with Pat Mayo. And it was like he almost came out of the blue medical tent better. Like, I don't know if they like injected him with something like cortisone. Or like he was like he was like fixed when he came out. But anyway, point being, uh, Dearness Johnson's in the mix. If you're desperate in deeper leagues, kind of like a Tyler Algier. And if there's something were to happen, 
they clearly like Johnson better than uh, Tank Bigsby. So, yeah. Oh man, isn't it hilarious thinking back on all the tanks Tank Bigsby conversation? It was just hilariously not. Oh, yeah. how amazing it was! Oh yeah, everyone is going to surplant Etienne and get Tank. That was one of those where I was like zero interest in Tank. Zero. You want to do that one more time? That's people like, oh, look, Tank. That's how the Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. He's the one that I have to get. He said it's like an old, you know cartoon christmas banker that's like there'll be no extra turkey for anybody this year um that's how that sounds so dearness johnson not quite the cuffy situation as like the zach mosses but uh, definitely out there let's go over to wide receiver the top two wide receivers um were given huffy faces because i completely agree them being even available to put on this list is hilarious but i'm also all in i all in even though it didn't like quite pay off with Josh Downs, who's number one, but he had a gajillion targets. And Jaden Reed is an absolute playmaker. I feel a little bit uncomfortable as Christian Watson starting to get a little bit more involved, but like Reed is there. Jordan Love gets plenty of first, no pun intended, first reads going straight to Jaden. And uh, they're doing end arounds and they're, they're getting him the ball. These are both phenomenal wide receiver threes. And, you know, maybe you're in a situation where they have to be higher, but they're st- I think they're both starters every single week yeah Jaden Reed had two more carries and so he continues to get touches out of the backfield if there's no Aaron Jones uh and then you mentioned it I, I talked about a few weeks ago in the game previews section that Jordan Love near the top of the league in first read percentage and he's been looking to Jaden Reed uh more times recently than even Dobbs and Christian Watson well that being said of course it's like still messy but I mean Jaden Reed's been I, you told me right now I still coming off two touchdowns that was also the first time Christian Watson's even topped uh, three receptions on the year yeah. or had that kind of yardage uh, since last year. So I, like, I think that you look at it and say, who do you trust more? I'd still lean Reed. Downs, yeah. you mentioned it. Downs should have had a better day with all those targets. There was just the one that uh, should have been a touchdown that ended up uh, with that one get called back. Anyway, um, there was just some miscommunication. It just seemed like they were just a little off Munchu and him this week, yep. but uh, the, the, like you said, double digit targets, like, and that's your low end is that you get around 50 yards still that not going to be okay with it. You going for it. I don't know how downs is still out there. I can, I completely agree with you. It, it, you know, it's funny is I think downs is kind of like what we saw with Addison on Monday night football. Like, you know, we saw tons of targets to Addison and there was, I mean, Dobbs really stunk, but there's also just miscommunications. The same thing felt like that with Josh downs with Gardner Minshew, but also the same target share. I mean, downs, Michael Pittman is your trustworthy rock, but they know downs can make big plays and they know Jaden Reed. I mean, I don't mean to lump all these guys together, but I think there's, there's an excitement level on all of those guys that um, they really should be picked up and getting into this final run here. I would have the depth of Jaden Reed and Josh downs, but um, a tricky one, but I guess we, we clearly know the answer. If we are, if we got like, Hey, Jonathan Taylor is going to miss two weeks and, Josh Downs and Zach Moss were out there. You still have to go Zach. Zach Moss. Right? Yeah. Finding running backs, 100%. And your top 15 running back, as we've seen, 100%. Yeah. Double 100%. So that's probably one of the only situations where we're not putting those guys in. Um, coming in at number three and four, Demario Douglas. I mean, he's the... If healthy. If healthy, the best wide receiver with those quarterbacks, it's still tough but i agree like in a half or full ppr situation like he's gonna get volume he is the guy that gets targeted 
uh, a whole bunch. Bailey Zappi did a little bit of a better job. It seemed like distributing the ball around. So maybe we want Mac Jones, uh, if if you could say that. Um, and Jalen Guyton, uh, another one out there. What uh, what do you want to throw out on both Douglas and Guyton? Guyton could be temporary, uh, but as we saw last week, when I said that Quentin Johnston, if Jalen Guyton is out there, is not a thing. They're they're done with Quentin Johnston, and I'm not saying he's done as a player, but this is future potential. It's just not hitting this year. We knew he was raw. It's just not happening. The only thing that where I say with Guyton might be temporary is I know Palmer's eligible to come back, I think, next week. That's not a guarantee. Like not Everybody's coming back immediately off their injuries. Uh, if it happens, obviously Palmer would step right back into the number two spot because he's the best of all remaining options. But as long as he's not back, Guyton's in play as a wide receiver for. Uh, to go back to the other one, Demario Douglas is basically more consistent Curtis Samuel. That's just yeah, what great. Like, that's a, that's a great one. Yeah, that's what I've I, been calling them since like day one. I completely agree with that too. They like to work him out of the slot. They like to move him around a little bit. He's just their easy, safe target. He's kind of what like like Bogman would have hoped Juju was going to be. You know what I mean? Like he's just kind yeah. of that guy. Like he gets he's a good volume uh, target guy, and uh, I think he's a decent bet, especially a full PPR if you're doing that. And the last one is it's a little injury dependent, but we've got two wide receiver injuries with the Saints. And they might keep both of them out. Chris Olave suffered a concussion and Rashid Shahid had a quad issue. I think it's already being um, put out there that Shahid will not play. And there's only been two or three guys over the last couple of years that have returned within the same week of suffering a concussion. Madison actually just did it and Brock Purdy did it earlier in the year, but that's it. So it is more than likely that Olave doesn't play. And that gets you back to A.T. Perry, though. I do like that you threw in this other thing, because I actually think the biggest beneficiary for the Saints will be Taysom Hill overall. I think they'll use him everywhere again. But A.T. Perry could be thrust into a spot where he is the number one wide receiver. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to have to go to him. That's the biggest thing. Like I mentioned that in there. A.T. Perry, I said, had a higher ceiling than Rashid Shahid because that he's a more complete wide receiver. But speaking of being raw, you know, he stepped in for Michael Thomas in that game, but always the speculation was that was mid game. What happens the next week? And what we saw in that game was he was way down the depth chart in that game until Shahid and Alavi both got hurt. And that's A.T. Perry, Lynn Bowden and uh, good old Keith Kirkwood. So uh, could it be Kirkwood? That's the thing. Like, you know, yeah, I would go for Perry, but Perry's still going to only be a wide receiver four or five because you mentioned Taysom Hill with the uptick. But Juwan Johnson comes to the play. Like, I'd take a gamble if you need a tight end and Juwan Johnson getting a touchdown this week. So those are some wide receivers if you want to take a little peek across the board. If you're looking at streaming quarterbacks, you put Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, and Russell Wilson as your streamers. In that order level, of, is there any break in confidence like you really trust? Because I don't trust Baker as far as he can throw it. Against Jacksonville, I don't love it. And that's the biggest thing there. But if you're looking, if the break would be, I like Russ because of this week and next week. Like yeah. He's actually got a good matchup if people are looking at week 14 and don't have Kyler. Or you have a situation like that next week with uh, what's the other team on the buy next week? Why can't I think of it all of a sudden? I, oh, Sam Howell. Oh, so good old Sam might, Howell. And actually, you don't even want Sam Howell after the buy. So if you look, Russell Wilson, Jordan Love passed this week. The problem is Russell Wilson this week with Denver at Houston. Eh, does he need to pass so much? Yeah, you, I can see that kind of play, but. Going forward, I would say Russell Wilson's your floor play. Jordan Love in that schedule is enticing. Uh, he's only got one bad game, really, the rest of the way. Uh, but it's Jordan Love, so you might get 20, you might get five. 
So that's the way, like some even asked, who would you have rather have Russell Wilson or Jordan Love? If I'm going pure upside, it's Jordan Love. I hate to straddle the fence, but you evaluate your team. If you need upside and you're like, man, I'm going to scratch my way into the playoffs and I just need to get lucky and hit home runs, it's Jordan Love. If you have a good team and you're like, hey, you know what? I just need to make plans for no Sam Howell, then it's Russell Wilson. Yeah, and with the bipocalypse, if you were in need of streaming a quarterback this week, it's also just not great. Like, it's not... The options and the matchups are not super yeah, awesome. Yeah, they, they're they're pretty gross. I yeah. was looking at him. Like yeah. Matt Stafford, if you want to do that, that might be one of the tippy top ones as well. But uh, Baker, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, jump in here. And if you're looking at tight tight ends, Pat uh, Fairmouth, Kate Otten, Tyler Higby, all his top options. I would argue that uh, Firemuth is like a top five overall pick, especially if you have any like need of a tight end. You know, if you were organizing this in like, what are the priorities of stuff? I think he yeah. jumps in over quite a few running backs just because like he's probably tight in. He's at least a top t- 10 tight end rest of season. Mm, I'm trying to think if I could. I think he'd be on the cusp. Like, who would you rather have him or Evan Ingram? Evan Ingram. For sure. Eh, it's just the consistency and it's tight end. So whatever. But yeah, I just it comes down to you just we joked about it on. I forget one of the two shows I did yesterday. I said, man, if really if this is the borderline or the borderline, the threshold of success for Kenny Pickett at this point. Congratulations. You threw for the most yards this year. No touchdowns and went 24 or 33. Yeah, good completion percentage. Decent yards. OK, yards. No touchdowns. Like that's a low bar, dude. And the, the point being jokes aside is this is going to continue to be what is this team run first, probably even second, probably even third. Like it's just Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are going to be options. So I just don't trust week in a week out that Fryermuth is going to even be reliable when you have Deontay Johnson and uh, George Pickens involved, especially well, by the way, George, Deontay Johnson not benched after just staring I, at the fumble on the ground. <laughs> I can't even fathom it. I can't even get me started that. And he had, there was no, he wasn't contrite about it. Like he had nothing uh, on Twitter after was more kind of going after people that Tomlin didn't reprimand him in any way that they let that go is wild to me. It yeah. is crazy. That was but shocking to me. The only other thing to, like was the first game with Matt Canada being fired. Pat was featured heavily and Kenny Pickett wanted to throw to him. Maybe it was a, it was specific to this game matchup, but it will be something to watch. If you don't have, you know, a Laporta or a Kincaid or a Kittle or one of the top guys and you're in more of this streaming market, I'd be willing to go a little bit harder that Pat finishes out really strong. But, okay. um, you know, this next week, it might be it might be really important to see, like, what the usage is, because it could fall off because, like you said, it, great could, pass it could easily switch. Jacksonville doesn't have a great schedule either. Yeah. And they got great pass catchers and the running backs are phenomenal. So uh, there you go. Those are your streamers, your waiver wire ads. Zach Moss live into the show, becoming the number one piece yeah, for the nice. week. There you go. So very fun. Now go over to The Athletic right now. You guys, If you guys don't already have a subscription, sign up so you get access to this in the ranks. Hopefully you did take advantage of the Black Friday sale because it was phenomenal. You will be able to catch Brandon Funston and myself uh, here in just a couple days talking about Week 13 ranks. We'll be looking at Jake's ranks, how they finalize, probably some Zach Moss as well. So make sure you are continued listly subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any of it. Find Jake on Twitter, all in kid. Find me at Is It the Welsh. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast.